How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, you know, no Cowboys. Got to go in and watch the rival play in a Super Bowl. And, you know, uh, hear, having to hear a lot of Jerry talk and a lot of, uh, you know, draft stuff comes up. And it can be, you know, you got to be watch out. It can be pretty toxic out there. Like, I was up with low blood sugar at like three in the morning and uh, you know, the East coast, the Texas and the East coast guys were up talking and, and um, you know, I talked with them for a little bit. Then I ended up falling asleep for a couple hours and I woke back up. And when I went to bed, I thought everybody was done arguing and talking about something and it just went, kept going. So I looked over and was like, eh, I don't need to add anything. Then I went to work and worked a six, seven hour shift. Yeah. Went back, looked, and it was still going. I was like, "Oh Lord!" Yeah. So it's um, it, and it included our guy Jeff Cavanaugh and our guy uh, uh, Stevie, and they're on one side of it with um, it's about drafting running back, you know, first round, but uh, by Jean or Bijan. You know, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not really for drafting any running back in the first round. I just don't think it's. If you cannot give the guy a second contract or it's bad, it's a bad idea to give him a second contract, I'm automatically, I'm like, I don't want you in the first round. And they're saying at that point in the first round, you know, they would be worth it because he's such a high overall player. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's only a few picks different. Like if I told them we want to take him in the top 20, they would be like, no, no, you know. And for me, you know, they're good, like, 25 26 they're good taking a running back and me i want to wait till the second round to get one so we yeah. both have the same principle it's just when does your principle on running backs end uh there's a little bit earlier than mine yeah that, that's that's going to be an interesting offseason discussion mike because you look at it i mean pollard you know what kind of money is he going to be asking for him and his agent after the year that he had zeke you know they talk about wanting to bring him back but what and he said he'll take a pay cut but you know, essentially, what kind of money do you want to offer him? And do you even really want to bring him back? Of course, it'd be nice to see him retire as a Cowboy, but does it make sense for where this team is currently is? And when you look at the the running back class, I mean, you could essentially replace both Pollard and Zeke for at least half the price. Yeah, it's, it's a tough discussion on because <clears throat> I don't I wouldn't bring Zeke back for anything. I just I think he's a negative player at this point. I love him, but it just is what it is. His last 50 carries, he got 100 yards. Like two yards of carry is not going to do it. Yeah. And um, I think Tony Pollard, I'm not re-signing long-term any, any running back, but I'd like to tag him like kind of like we did with Schultz as security to make sure we have a second playmaker to go with Lamb. You know, so I, I wouldn't consider it as a tag of a running back, but as a tag of a playmaker, which is what a lot of people say about uh, Bijan. But, yeah. but I, um, I can't use a first. I think the value of a tag for one year is different than giving up somebody that's, you know, fa- a fifth year option. And then you you ideally for a first round pick want to get a second contract out of them. And I just I can't see that out of a running back being good value. I went back to 2010 went through every running back that was taken in the first round and maybe Christian McCaffrey, 
But even him, after he got his second contract, got injured. He, you know, he was consistently injured. Twice. He had a good year this year, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I can kind of see both sides because Bijan, I mean, you add him to, you know, let's say we do lose, lose Pollard, but then we add Bijan, younger, fresher for five years. You get that playmaker, and again, at probably half half the price when you consider where we're picking at pick 26. But it's a again, it'll be an interesting uh, discussion during the offseason. Probably get uh, watered down after a while. Yeah, it's funny. It'll get talked about, talked about, talked about, and then that running back will be picked like 16th overall, like like way before or even. And then it'll be like, well, we waste our time talking about that. Exactly. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Isn't it? Yeah, for real. That, that almost always how it goes. I think Parsons was the one time that uh, that it didn't go like that. Yeah, it is. You know, Mike, it's a bit it's a bittersweet week because it's the last week of football. I mean, can you imagine the last game of the year and our rivals win Super Bowl and we have to deal with Philly's Twitter all year until week one? There's a one word about that later on, and so I'll save my <laughs> thoughts for when we get to there. Yes, sir. All right, Mike, uh, before we get our, into our discussion tonight, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. At CD Pigler, guys, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about some recent Cowboys news. But before we do any of that, we have to start off with one thing and one thing only. Of course, I'm referring to Meatless Monday. Mike, I know you've uh, kind of had a bit of a stressful day. I hope you ate something good today. Talk to us. What was on the menu today? Yeah, I made, I uh, like I said, I was before the show we were talking, I was talking about how I was cooking all weekend. Um, I had made like, I'd say about 30 breakfast burritos. Yeah. And so a cheese, eggs, uh, hash brown, sausage, and bacon. Mm. Well, I had the last uh, little bit of eggs and tater tots. I made some Beyond sausage in the morning, and I um, I had that because I didn't need a burrito when I made them. I make them and I freeze them. Yeah. When, I, when I need one, I can have it. But so I did that. And then for dinner, I did these uh, at Trader Joe's. I got some black bean and cheese uh, taquitos. And mm. I put them in the convection oven and had some guacamole and sour cream with them. I have never stepped foot inside of Trader Joe's, but I heard their snacks are so good. They have some, dude. The thing about them is you can go, you can go there and get stuff that you just don't find. I went there and I got harissa paste. I got Calabrian chilies. I got yuzu. Uh, oh, wow. I got um, yeah. They have like crazy stuff. I got um, fig butter. Um, it's all stuff that I use in certain things mm-hmm. that I run out of it, and then I have to wait till I can get to Trader Joe's to use it. So, you know, I um, I, I love going there, and I was um, going to meet somebody at Heirloom. Uh, you know, and uh, I'm the only person in the world that would do that. I had, I uh, went to the Trader Joe's beforehand and then, um, and then uh, uh, had the groceries with me when I met the person at airline. <laughs> only guy who brings a bag of groceries to a date, whatever. Oh, Mike had a date. Ow. Yeah, it was fun. Good stuff. Yeah, we'll have to talk a little, talk more about that offline, Mike. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, we will. Yes, she was too young for me still. Uh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. 
Uh, you know, I hear about the thing about Trader Joe's is they have like original snacks, good snacks, but you have to open up the wallet. Oh yeah, it's expensive, but like it's just stuff you can't do. The the Calabrian chilies are like they're magic, and you just can't. They're just not. It's like right now, you know, I got Goji Jang when I was there, but you can get Goji Jang now at Save Mart. Like it's came around, you know. Yeah. Calabrian chilies haven't gotten there yet, so mm. like. You, you have to go to, like, I don't even think Sprouts has it. Like, it's a pain in the ass to find. And I use it all the time. I love to top, like, pizza with it. I don't even care if I order pizza. Order it in somewhere, take it in, and top it with Calabrian chili. Or, or like, I got hot honey oil there. Mm, yeah. It's, it's a really good store. It is expensive. It's like a Whole Foods. But they have some unique stuff. So, so I load up. Dude, pepperoni and hot honey pizza is elite, elite. Bro, so put put Calabrian chilies on that pizza. Mm, sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, let's, let's talk some football here before we lose all the listeners. Looking at this matchup, man, but two number one seeds going to head-to-head. Was Philly-Kansas City the, the, the best matchup when you look at the four teams that made it to the championship round? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I would have liked to see Niners with their quarterback. I, I think Niners might have been a better team. You know, they averaged 35 points a game with Purdy, yeah. and their defense is elite. And, um, you know, they were they were really winning with the backup after Purdy went out. If you take away the Devontae Smith, you know, bad, you know, it wasn't actually a catch. They would have been up 7 nothing minimum. Uh, so I don't like to see that. But if you look at it, Eagles have the probably the best roster overall in football. Mm-hmm. And Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So for me, yeah, I'd say it probably was the best matchup. I wonder, man, if, if let's say Purdy doesn't get hurt, San Francisco advances to the Super Bowl. Man, I, with their roster on offense, I feel like they might be might be the favorite in this matchup over Kansas City. I think they would be. If you look at how much – you know, points they put up per game and yeah. and how open they're like, you know, uh, the Niners have beat some teams that neither guy in the NFC faced a lot of good teams, uh, mm-hmm. but the Niners beat Dallas. Dallas had a good defense at Dak. You know, their guys were healthy most of the game. So, you know, they, they beat us. Uh, I don't know if either team would have beat Patrick Mahomes, but I know that the the Niners would probably have been favored with Brock Purdy winning what? That would have been 13 straight, averaging all those points and everything. You'd have yeah. to imagine that, that they would be favored. It's an interesting matchup, Mike, because you mentioned Philly with the loaded roster, and then you've got the head coach combo of Andy Reid and Mahomes who have been there. This is now going to be their third time together in the in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, when you look at that matchup, the, the kind of the loaded roster versus the – experience of the head coach and quarterback you know who, who do you favor when you when you view it that way i would go head coach quarterback for me uh like you said you said perfectly the experience yeah and then um also any reads so good off a of bye like getting that extra week he's like the best maybe of all time coming off that bye right. um and then patrick mahomes when you have a guy that good you know eagles defense is good but I've seen Dak shred the Eagles defense, you know? Yeah. And I look down at the quarterbacks they've faced, not not great ones. And the one that was pretty good uh, went 24 for 24 
versus their zone coverage, you know, and like kind of beat them up, kind of shredded them. And so I just feel like if, if Kansas City has the top pass rush win rate, win rate mm-hmm. as offensive line, Eagles have the top uh, defensive uh, pass rush win rate. And so if if Kansas City can kind of counteract that, Mahomes, the way he's able to get away and run, and I don't like the matchup with Kelsey against the safeties and linebackers against Philly. No. And if you move over, you know, a, a Slay or a uh, Bradbury to face Kelsey, one, can they handle Kelsey? Even, even yeah. you know, two corners that good. And two, what does that do to your outside guys? You know, it's not like they do that all the time. You're going to change your whole defense up, you know, for for this one game to match up with Kelsey. So, yeah, I'd probably take the head coach quarterback myself. It's interesting. You look at the Kansas City roster. We haven't really seen them at full strength. But you think about Mahomes, the Pacheco-McKinnon backfield, which is pretty dynamic. You know, Pacheco started started to come on uh, along with McKinnon. And then you've got Kelsey, who we know is a beast. But I'm interested to see how they use – Tony and Juju in, in MBS. Yeah, me too. I think Tony, if healthy, could be un- a really unique player against them. I mean, he there's a reason he went in the first round. The guy's got some special yak ability. And mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like, um, what do you call it, scramble plays. Yeah. Tony could be a guy that, that breaks loose. Yeah, and you know Andy Reid's going to find a way to get get the ball in his hands. But, yeah, kind of going back to the question, I, I definitely favor the experience of the head coach and Andy Reid and, and Mahomes because I, I think that's all, that seems to what has been the difference maker. I mean, we saw it against Jacksonville and, and the Chargers. You know, Doug Peterson, even being down by 20 points, he still found a way to overcome against Brandon Staley and Herbert, who had been there for their first time. But, yeah, it just seems to be that experience always is the difference maker, and it seems to come out on the on the right side of things. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I would I would definitely if you force me to pick, I'd definitely be. And we're going to later. Yeah. Um. You know, we'll give the score prediction and everything. But heads up, head coach quarterback for me would be the way I'd lean. Yeah. So you you touched a little bit about Philly's competition leading up to up to the Super Bowl, and you know when you look at their schedule, they kind of had an, an easy run there. Do you think their easy schedule? from uh, the beginning of the season to now has couldn't possibly hurt them. I think it can, especially the playoff, the two play like giants weren't a real playoff team. And if the, if the, if the, uh, the league was a little bit stronger in the NFC where green Bay was still capable and stuff. And, and, you know, I just don't feel like the giants were a true playoff team with that roster. So you wipe out them and then the Niners have no quarterback and they're so, now, you know, you you really haven't had to play like that elite quarterback or that, um, you know, that big close game. Do you know how to win those? Because mm-hmm. if you look last year, they got wiped out by Tampa Bay. Then you played two pretty non-competitive teams in the NFC. And now you're walking in against a team that's won a Super Bowl, been to another one. Andy Reid has been to one over in Philly as well. I mean, they've just been in so many big games. And, you know, can you handle that when a team comes up and and is able to punch you back? You know, do you get staggered? How do you take a punch now? 
Right. You know, Mike, I, I was looking over because I, I like this question. It was it made me think. So I wanted to look over the Eagle schedule. And yeah, I know that in the playoffs, they didn't really play uh, the toughest opponents. But you look at their schedule, they did play four playoff teams. And uh, in addition to those four teams, you know, six total teams with winning records with a couple of other teams at, at eight and eight. I mean, their schedule wasn't you know, a number one seed difficult schedule, but it might, might not have been as easy as we initially thought. Uh, that being said, this is this is a big boy matchup. I mean, you're in a Super Bowl. Of course, you're playing a good team. But yeah, this will really put uh, put Philly to the test. Yeah, when you went, when you go through, I know the records say, you know, differently, but when you go yeah. through a lot of, they got a lot of breaks on. This is not their fault. They did what they needed to do. This is this is absolutely fine. They They got their wins. But they they would run into teams right as like like Arizona right before they get Hopkins like uh, uh, Dallas uh, when when Dax hurt you know the first mm-hmm. game yeah. they kind of went on a run where it was like every time they play somebody something favorable would go in their way like a big time uh, player uh, would get injured mm-hmm. and it was like all right well there goes uh, that team's chance you know right. so. Uh, they were able to not every game, but they were able to get like a, a lot of breaks this year. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if Kansas City stays healthy and full and intact and and is able to punch Philly. You know, how do they handle it? Because I don't feel like they've been, they've taken many punches this season. Yeah, kind of. You know, when you say that, talking about you know leading up to a week, the uh, key person from the opposing team is missing. Kind of sounds like. Uh, you know, the luck that Dallas had last year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And we, um, we did pretty well until we ran to the, to it, our first playoff game happened to be against one of those top four teams again. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm um, thinking, is that what's going to happen? That's my whole thing is, is something like that going to happen to Philly when they run into Kansas city? Yeah. And the biggest difference is towards the, you know, the end of the year, or like the tougher part of the schedule, Dallas started suffering some injuries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Shoot this year to Terrence Steele. Who'd have thought that Terrence Steele injury just killed them? It almost eliminated their running game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, Mike, you know, um, moving on to the Cowboys here, and Jerry and and company were at the Senior Bowl, and Jerry Jerry had some interesting things to say about the Rams and Philly when he was asked about, I guess, I don't know the exact question. I, I forgot to look it up, but I guess the question was about going all in and in, in a year. And uh, Jerry says that, you know, they went all in for just one year, which I don't agree with, but w- what are your thoughts on him, on him making that comment? That's my whole, well, for one. Okay. What he's saying is, yeah, Rams won the Super Bowl, but look at him this year. Well, who cares? They won the Super Bowl. Like, so the Rams right. won, the Philly one is dumb like that. That's the him trying to sell. That's his con to the snake oil salesman. Like, yeah, they have more cap space than you. They have more top hundred picks the next two drafts than you. They went out and signed Hardgrave and Hassan Reddick, big time defensive players. Uh, Charlie Garner Johnson. They brought him in. And Dominican Sue, Linville Joseph. So they got big guys and small guys like you, and still have more cap space at the end of the the, the next season. And have an extra first uh, this year and an extra second next year. So they have more top 100 picks than you the next two seasons. So him saying that they went all in for a year is 
that's Jerry selling, you know, half the fan base. Oh, yeah, we'd rather be, you know, good for a few years, even though they watch Philly win a Super Bowl, tear it all down, and go back to the Super Bowl. And we still are like, we, we, we won a playoff game this year. Like, we retired Tom Brady. Yay, that's like winning a Super Bowl. Like, so it it kind of makes me want to, you know, punch myself in the face. Like, they, they uh, I can't remember who tweeted it. Uh, but somebody, or maybe it was Joey Ikes, but he was um, he was saying like the Cowboys would rather win their way than just win. Like, yeah. We'll take losing as long as we can do it our way, and it's it hasn't won in forever. So it's like you don't see the you don't see the possibility of of it winning because they've been trying so long and have sucked at it so bad that it, and and we've seen so many teams do it the other not just Rams and Eagles. Tampa did it before that, and Kansas City did it before that, you know. And it's like, it's frustrating to be like, no, dude, you don't understand. The way you win is draft well, sign good, uh, uh, low price free agents, develop your guys, and then supplement with a big time free agent or two to put you over the top. And we just don't even try to do that last part. We, we don't try at all to do it. Yeah, and it's crazy because you look at the core of the Eagles team on on offense and defense, and they've got a young core to build around that are under contract for a decent part of time. So it's not like they're not going to have be in the be in the playoff hunt in the following you know the next couple of seasons either. And and the guys like Brandon Graham, uh, they just signed Hassan Reddick. So and and Sweat. So Brandon Graham is going to go out soon. Fletcher Cox goes out soon, but you got Hardgrave. Yeah. You know now you got Jordan Davis. So you've got a new starting there. Yeah. And then you have four uh, top 100 picks the next two years to rotate, to, to put another defensive end or another defensive tackle or get a better linebacker, or, you know, replace the safety if you can't sign Charlie uh, Garner-Johnson. Or if Slay and Bradbury slip with age, you can bring in a corner. Like, you know, they just have – and they'll pay. They have more cap space, so they'll go get a guy if they need to, like, their front office just runs things much better than ours. And I know overall as an organization, we have five titles that have one title. I, I totally get that. They're not going to catch us there. But since the 2000s, their Eagles are better than Dallas. Like they're not even, we're not even competitive with them. They've been to three Super Bowls and won one already. And we have, haven't done diddly shit. Yeah. Well, and one thing, you know, also going for the Eagles is they weren't, afraid to trade a quarterback that they didn't think was, you know, capable of taking them where they wanted to go. And they also weren't scared about going full suck, if you will, to, to get a, a top pick and then, you know, getting creative with it, not just saying we're going to take a guy like play it safe. We're going to make some moves and, you know, see what we can do with, with these assets that we do have. Just imagine if they did for uh Dak, what they did to Jalen hurts after Dak's 2016 year. After 2016, where they made it, and then Green Bay ended up beating them and everything, if they they had a cheap quarterback, Romo was only eight million dead cap. You know, a Zeke was cheap. They could have went in and brought three or four guys in in free agency and really went after it and gave Dak and and Zeke and them a window for the next three years after that, from 2016 to 2020, to really go for you know a title or two. They just never did it, and and that I think is their biggest mistake because now 
while I believe they'll restructure Dak, they probably should do it this offseason, really, because the big cap yeah. hit is hitting. But while I think they'll do that, I don't know if they'll, you know, be comfortable with the number enough to really go all in, you know, while Dak is here. That 2019 season proved to be so pivotal for the Eagles because you think about it. They take Jalen Hurts with a second-round pick. They get scrutinized for it. Then Carson Wentz, I don't know what how He just gets the yips. He can't play football anymore. And they decide instead of parting ways with Carson Wentz, they fire a Super Bowl-winning coach in Dick Peterson, and then they trade away Carson Wentz. All That all happened in one year, dude. And it's crazy because I saw them get killed – when they um, when they drafted Hertz, and I've never been a Hertz fan, but the idea of drafting a quarterback there, I loved because I was like, well, they know their quarterback's mentally shot, yeah. So they need to invest in the position because they believe the guy that you know they can get him out, get a new guy in, and rebuild a really good team around them the way they did Carson Wentz when he was you know in 2017, he, his team was loaded. That's why he was yeah. MVP candidate. So. You know, it's just they, they run their team better than our our owner GM is not in the caliber as uh was it Howie Roseman? Is that mm-hmm, the Eagles yeah. guy? Yeah, That's they're Howie just Roseman. not comparable. Yeah, so just going back to the question there, Mike. Um, what did I think of Jerry making those comments? I hate it just because it it bothers me because it makes me think he's not willing to go all in for a Super Bowl anymore like he used to be. Yeah, I don't uh, – it doesn't – they've given me no reason to – and this year they can cut plenty of money. They could take Zeke. They could take Tyron's contract. You could bring back Peters, and, and he could help you survive until Steel is ready and you have Tyler Smith that's rotational. And you could save enough money there. You could restructure Dak and save – or re-sign Zach, uh, Dak and save a ton of money there. And you can go out and get you know a trade for a wide receiver – uh, sign a defensive tackle, a big a Deron Payne. Well, but we already know that's not going to happen. They don't value the position enough to even if they were to sign a guy, you know, it won't be that position. And so it just it makes it difficult to know. Like, all right, they're not going to go full barrel into it. Yeah, that really sucks. Uh, when you look at uh, kind of peeking into free agency, Mike, you you talked a little bit about Tyron and Zeke there. Is there a main guy that you, you want the Cowboys to resign, even if it means that we don't bring back some other players? Um, I wouldn't re-sign them, but the guy they have to bring back on the and use the tag on is Pollard. And I know I'm not like I said, I don't draft a running back in the first round. I don't want to pay guys. The way I look at Pollard is we only have one guaranteed playmaker. That's CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. We need another playmaker. Whether it's whether it's running five, leading the league in yards per carry, or being able to break a big play in in the passing game, like Tony Pollard at least gives you a second guy. Right now we don't have that, and if we lose him, even if you go into the draft and draft the running back, who knows the draft? Trent Richardson went third overall and was a bust. Yeah, like it's it's a crapshoot. Everybody, including me, I would have took Jalen Tolbert in the second round. How bad would that have picked have looked? You know, mm-hmm. so I just don't want to risk going in and going, all right, we're going to draft, uh, uh, you know, our guys. We're going to draft um, a guy in the first and a guy in the fifth. And that's what we're going to go at. Uh, right. You know, and um, and then get a second round running back and, and hopefully the offense works out. Like 
that's a terrifying plan to me. So I want to get Pollard. Yeah, I don't hate that move, Mike. For me, I'm going to go with Leighton Vanderush, man. He, he just look at our, our linebackers. Of course, Micah is a linebacker and by name only, by title only, really. Yeah, and then you look at Demont. Yeah, and then you look at Demont Clark. I mean, we've seen we've seen um, some positive signs of what he could be. But you know, I mean, the dude did have spinal fusion surgery, dude. I mean, one one bad hit, one bad play, he, this guy might be out of football forever. We still don't know what we have in Jabril Cox looking like a special teams guy, and then. Who was it, Luke Gifford? I mean, I, I, we saw what LVE did for this defense the last two seasons. I think he's a priority, in my opinion. We need his mind for at least this year and maybe next year until Damone Clark's mind catches up with his talent. Yeah. Uh, once that happens, we're if that clicks next year, then that's fine. LVE can be shown out. You know, you can do whatever you got to do. But uh, I think you're right. That would be my second guy after Pollard. If, if you're talking about signing somebody more than one year, uh, I'd rather have only LVE one year, but <clears throat> I could see giving him a two-year contract somewhere around seven, eight million a year. So you were talking about playmakers, Mike. I don't, I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but are, do you have little faith of Mike Michael Gallup kind of returning to form or do you just not view him yeah. as a playmaker, even when he, you know, is healthy and playing like we've seen him play? I think he'll be better uh, a year off, getting the whole off season yeah. to be a football player, right, and not rehabbing an injury. Yeah, I think he'll be back, but he's a different. He's a he's a limited playmaker, so he can make plays where you throw it up one on one and make plays that way. Mm -hmm. Other than that, he's not like a yak guy. He's not a catch a slant, take it all the way guy. You know, you're not going to throw him a wide receiver screen. He's going to break everything for a touchdown. That's the Pollard C.D. Lamb. Um, I would like to add OBJ, I think, would be a guy I'd like to get there to, you know, right. that we don't have to worry about just draft. Like, oh, in the draft, we got to get somebody. So, yeah, um, he's a different type of playmaker, but he's not a uh, – he's not the type of playmaker I'm talking about where, yeah, like, yeah. any play could be broken by them. Right, I got you. Yeah, it makes sense. So, you know, a, a move that the Cowboys made, of course, we had to let we let go of a good portion of the coaching staff, Mike. And we, we, uh, one of those people being Joe Philbin, he gets replaced by Mike Solari. I want to defer to here. I want to defer to you here, Mike, because I don't know much about Mike Solari, but you know, is he an upgrade over Joe Philbin? What can we expect from our offensive line with, with a coach like him? Okay, man, upgrade's tough. Up. I would probably say yes, but I want to give credit to Philman because he knew how to like do like survive. Like, I mean, dude lost mm -hmm. his, I know we always say like Tyron's always hurt. They have to know he's going to be hurt, but they bring him in expecting him to play like at least 12 games. Yeah, He was gone before a preseason game. Like, so they lose their all pro left tackle and they have to shift the rookie out to left tackle throw Connor McGovern into left guard. Then they lose, they have game, they lose steel and survive that. And there's games, they lose other guys. It's like, he knows how to patchwork things up to where you can survive with what you have. And that's valuable because you never know how injured you're going to be at the line. So Laurie has been a pretty damn good run. Uh, he, he set up some good run blocking units. Uh, he was in San Francisco under Jim Harbaugh, 
We all know what that run game could do. Seattle, uh, we know what Pete Carroll's run game is all about. It was top five under him. So recently he's had some good run games. Now the pass protection, especially in Seattle, hasn't been great, but they haven't been talented. I mean, our O-line is more talented than the Seattle's O-line. And sometimes with pass blocking, you you need some talent too. It's not just big guys and 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 moving people and letting the running back make a play. You know, so right. I I think it's an improvement. I also like the 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 style, the more physical style of Solari. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's more multiple than Philbin, so I like that. So I would say it's an upgrade, but with the sense that I don't know if you know Tyron and Steele can't play this year. Can mm-hmm. he? Can he patchwork it like Philbin could? That I yeah. don't know. So it sounds like, though, when you have a healthy steal, of course, you know, with Tyler Smith, you mentioned the physicality. I think that's a – sounds like it might be a better fit for as far as scheme and talent goes. I agree, especially if you can get uh, a either another physical left tackle or left guard to play yeah. next. Wherever you have Tyler Smith, get a big physical guy next to him where Biotis is only the kind of smaller type guy, now you're talking about a Solari-type unit. I know it's early in the, uh, you know, prospect process, you know, draft, uh, doing draft research, Mike, but it seems like this draft class is filled with tackles and guards and, you know, some guys that if you're you're in need that you can probably find a good one even in the third round. Osiris Torrance, I would take at 26 in a heartbeat if he got there. Yeah. So uh, similar question, Mike, again, we know, of course, we know Kellen Moore moved on to the Chargers. We uh, bring in uh, Brian Schottenheimer, not necessarily bring in, but we, uh, he gets a uh, promotion. Uh, What what do you think there? Is that an upgrade? Is Schottenheimer an upgrade over Kellen Moore? Does he get a promotion? I mean, Mike McCarthy's calling plays. Yeah. So he's kind of doing the same thing he did before, just instead of, Kellen Moore calling plays, Mike McCarthy's calling plays. So, so he was the offensive advisor, right? Is that yeah. what his role was? And my guess is he'll be the run game coordinator. His run games in Seattle were good. Um, I wouldn't say he's an upgrade. It, you know, you got to show me. Kellen Moore, anytime he had a starting quarterback, was a top three offense. Like, yeah, you got to give that guy credit for that. I understand that against the better defenses, they were able to figure him out a little. Uh, but the quarterback play also wasn't great in those games. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to give them upgrade. I would say they're very different. Yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'll tease it now. But uh, for Mike's views from the sidelines, I'm I'm excited to hear what, what your your thoughts are there on that question. But you know, we'll save that for uh, when that time comes. So you, you look at these moves. Of course, losing Kellen Moore, losing Jeff Hillman, but then replacing them with Brian Schottenheimer and with. Uh, Solaria, is our coaching staff currently better, worse, or about the same with these recent changes? I have to go worse only because it's incomplete right now. Yeah. No, they they filled the O line and the O and the offensive coordinator. Uh, the off the play caller was Mike McCarthy, so that's a switch over. So Schottenheimer wasn't. He's still doing the same thing, so they didn't really really do anything there yet schottenheimer's advising mike mccarthy's calling play so they just switched that they haven't done anything about the defensive line about the uh 
the um the the linebackers coach they uh they haven't done anything about the um the running backs coach so like and yeah. i have a feeling the wide receivers coach will likely move on still he's more of a Kellen Moore guy but you know, i just i don't think they've done enough to where we can be like oh yeah they're improved i would say it's incomplete and since they had a pretty damn good coaching staff, I got to say it's worse. Yeah, Mike, for me, I'll say, um, you know, I didn't know much about either guy except for the little bit of break, you know, breakdown that you just did. And then, you know, kind of reading, reading about them on Twitter. I won't say worse, better or the same. I'm going to say it's just different. You know, I like the word you used incomplete, but I mean, it's just different. I'm, I'm excited to see it because I know a lot of people didn't like Kellen Moore, but it was time for a change. So. I'm excited to see that, but you know, until I do see it, I, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I was a Kellen Moore guy. I'm a fan of Kellen Moore. He put up the numbers and everything, but even I, I talked to Tony uh, Casillas for blogging with the boys, and I told him, he goes, "Well, you got to tell me who's going to get this." And I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a Moore guy. I just think it's time to get a different uh, voice in Dax's ear. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I want to change. I, I, I think he's going to kill it." in the chargers and everybody's going to be like, no, why'd they get rid of this guy? So stupid, yada, yada, yada. But um, I just, I thought it was time for a change personally uh, in, in the voice in Dax ear. I mean, seven years, that's, that's a good amount of time. Any, any, it's hard to be authoritative when like you were the starting quarterback over him for a while in Dax rookie year, you know, so was Jameer showers who ended up being a practice squad safety, but, yeah, you know they're they're more peers than they are, you know, than than somebody that's like, you need to do this, this, this. Right. Yeah. Kind of. You can't. It's hard to take advice from somebody who couldn't really do better than than you did. You know what I mean? I agree. All right, Mike. Yep. Here we are with the your views from the sidelines, and this week I want you to discuss with us. What will Schottenheimer's offense do for these receivers? I know you think he's going to be like the running back coordinator, but <laughs> after you answered that, now I'm like, okay, this question probably doesn't mean anything. But I, when you said it, like, yeah, I'm waiting for this answer on this, I was like, boy, is he going to be disappointed? Because I honest, I the wording I put is honestly nothing. Mike oh, wow. McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's doing the game planning. Yeah, he just helps install the game plan about what he did last year. He's not calling plays. He's not a wide receivers coach. I I truly believe what he did well in Seattle, along with Mike Solari, those yeah. two together were very good in the run game. And I believe that under Mike McCarthy, he wants this team to be a. And I know we hate it. It's 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 not what wins in nowadays football. But he has a good defense, and if he can get a running game that sh- a run game that shortens the. Uh, the time the defense has to feel shortens the other team's possessions. We can uh, control the clock. And you have Dak Prescott that if he plays well, mm-hmm. that means you can win every single game you play. Every game. Your defense plays well. Your run game is well. Your quarterback's great on third down under Kellen Moore. We got to see under Mike McCarthy. But he was great on third down under Kellen Moore. And you're going to win 12 games a season doing that. And then it's about putting it together in the playoffs more than just one game against Tampa Bay. You got to be able to do it against good defenses. So 
Uh, I, I honestly nothing. I apologize. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think Mike McCarthy's offense will do for our, for our wide receivers? I got to see if he's updated it because, to be honest, his offense is kind of obsolete from the old school days. If he just brings what he did in Green Bay over, defenses know how to stop that already. You, that's the whole idea of motion and and uh, trying to set up matchups. Is because if you just run out three wide and do your slant flats, teams know how to stop that. This it's not going to work. I got you. All right, Mike. Here we are with one word. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, Twitter will be blank. Samezies. Samezies. Hey, I like that, it, man. It's what has it? In two thousand five, they made a Super Bowl. In two thousand seventeen, they won a Super Bowl. And now they're back in the Super Bowl. Like. Their teams had bragging rights, except for head-to-head versus Dak. Dak yeah. kills them. But their team has bragging rights against us for about the last almost 20 years. So, I mean, sure, we'll, we'll again, we'll go five to two. We're the better organization. And they'll be like, yeah, but we've been to two. We've won two and been to three Super Bowls since the 2000s. Like, update your resume once in a while is basically what they're going to say. And, it's a pain in the butt, but it's the same thing we've dealt with for the last 20 years about. So, you know, Mike, uh, my word is, is going to be annoying, but I say that on 2005, it wasn't on Twitter. 2017, the Eagles, people that I did interact with, when they did win the Super Bowl, I actually like reached out to them via DM. I was like, hey, congratulations, because they're always cool. I mean, it was, a, it was fun back and forth, like, you know, just talking trash. But for the most part, they were pretty humble people. But this is a, I don't know, man. This is a new breed of Eagles fans on, on, on Twitter these days, man. I mean, they're always trolling, talking about the Eagles, talking about that, just saying things, not not even necessarily because they believe those things, but just to kind of kick the kick the Cowboys nest. Man, I, I think it's gonna be borderline unbearable. But I, I don't get involved in any Eagles or Cowboys debates anymore. But for the people that do, like you said, the ones that were having that long discussion today for like 24 hours. I feel bad for them if the Eagles win. Yeah, I'll stay away from them because what what can I argue about? Like Hertz has already been to the Super Bowl. So what do you want me to I don't I don't think I still to this day don't think Hertz like in a in a regular team that doesn't have like the best offensive line, two great receivers, a great tight end. Like, do I think he would go and like own it, like dominate? No, I don't. I don't think he'd be as good as Dak. Like, but if somebody ranked him, of course I got to rank Hertz first. Like in his style of offense, he's killing. He's destroying. When teams tried to stop it and he's got one-on-one, he's hitting his good receivers. He's hitting his tight end. Like, okay. So his team's great. And he still has to do it. He's the one that has to, make those throws and, and make the decisions and everything. And I can't sit there and watch him cut up the Niners offense, even though there was no threat, their run game, he went for a hundred something yards, you know, but like he, they were playing conservative because they knew that the other team didn't have a quarterback, but he still, he put 31 on them. Like they, you know, they beat their brains in. and then Dak Prescott did nothing against Niners defense. So I, I, I'm not going to get into it with them because they're right. They're a better organization. Their quarterback is playing better in the big games. Already got to the Super Bowl. Their GM is a million times better. They have mm-hmm. more caps, they have more picks. Like they're better. Yeah, when Jalen Hurts, so if, when when he can overcome a bad coaching staff, um, bad team building, and a bad front office, then you know, then I'll 
I'll see him in a different light. But man, it just seems like Dak has had to put up with so much other BS that like these elite guys don't have to deal with. Hey, if we lost 32 to 35 and Dak threw 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, I wouldn't I wouldn't be down on him right now. But he went in there. The defense played great. The special teams minus one, the first extra point, made their field goals, had, gave him good field position. Like, and he just didn't have a good game. So the offense just didn't do their part. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. Man, it's just he picked the worst day to have a bad game, Mike. Yeah, I know. Yep. Unfortunately, right. it's true. All right. So uh back to the Super Bowl. Who who's your Super Bowl uh winning prediction, Mike? What, what is your Super Bowl winning prediction? I got KC 31-22 over oh. uh over the Eagles. I think it'll be a pretty competitive game, but I I don't know if I'll in, in by the third quarter if I'll be like scared. Like as long as Mahomes is good, they should be fine. Yeah, I have KC winning a close one too. I, I think it's going to come down to you know probably one of the last two possessions of the game. Very possibly could. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to uh, our guy JJ on Twitter. I believe it's JJ. JJ Tour, JJ T O R E, JJ Tour, let's go, I believe is what his handle is. A couple weeks ago, he asked if we had ranked our top five game day meals. We hadn't, so that's what we're going to do tonight, especially, you know, on Super Bowl, you want to have a good spread, Mike. So start us off with number five. When you go, when you think about your top five favorite game day meals, what is number five on your list? I think this is one that'll guarantee it's, it's a lazy one, but I think we'll both have it on our top five because it's like a, you know, how do you not? Pizza. Yeah, not not frozen Red Baron, but like <laughs> good pizza. It's Super Bowl. We got to step it up. But yeah, I, I think pizzas. I know it's a basic one, but I think pizza's got to be in the top five. Yeah, like if I went to a Super Bowl party and they just all they had was pizza, but like, OK, I mean, I love pizza, especially yeah. good pizza. Right. But I'd be like, you know, this is either somebody who didn't have time to prep or just, you know, was like wanted to do something easy because they were having a house full of people. It's an easy thing to do. Like you said, it's, it is kind of lazy. It's not something I would do. I mean, that's kind of like when you were in a pinch, you had a busy week and you couldn't prep for anything, do anything a little bit more um, creative, if you will. P- yeah. Pizza is the, the way to go. You got your kids and the kids are going to school and you don't have time. You don't know how to cook. Yeah. And what do I buy that everybody will eat where I don't have to spend a ton of money? Pizza, easy yes, one. Simpatico, Mike. I think that's the that's the word there. But yeah, number five on my list is pizza, for all the reasons we've already said. It's funny that there were both five. Yeah, that is because it's true. like, yeah, you know, pizza. Sure, you love it, but there's nothing really that exciting about it. Yeah, I agree. So number four on my list, Mike. I kind of went back and forth here. Because uh, the one I, I didn't end up, uh, the one I ended up replacing, the one I'm going to say, um, didn't make the list at all. But this I didn't do this for uh, a football game, but I did it for the Mavericks, like game seven against Phoenix last year in the playoffs. And I, I went with a uh, Asian spread. Like you just got some Chinese takeout. I was like, you know, this is actually, this worked out pretty well. You can get like a rice dish, a noodle dish, egg rolls, some appetizers, and everybody will be full. And it's still a pretty reasonably priced it's about the same price as like getting really good pizza 
But uh, I took that off, and I'm going with number four on my list is cookout, like barbecue-type food spread. You know, maybe you have some drumsticks, maybe you have brisket, or you, like, do uh, some ribs or, like, a pulled pork, stuff like that, you know, with some potato salad, coleslaw, some barbecue beans. Not the easiest thing to eat. You know, you don't want to – you like to eat finger foods. You don't want to worry about making a mess at somebody's house. But that's kind of, like, the food I like to sit around watching a game with is is barbecue cookout-type food. Yeah, I love it. Uh, that honestly didn't make mine, which I'm surprised. Uh, that that one didn't, and meatball sandwiches didn't. I thought both no. of them would, yeah, but neither of them made it. I was pretty shocked. Those are, those, I mean, the barbecue spread is another one that I would have probably thought, oh, those for sure in the top five. I just they didn't sneak into mine. All right, so what's number four on your list? Uh, I got nachos. So. The thing about nachos is they're so versatile. Like chips and cheese, sure. Yeah. Uh, want to add a sada? Sure. Uh, want to do carnitas? Sure. Uh, guacamole? Yeah, sour cream? Yeah, pico de gallo? All right. Like, um, um, I, I, I guess dips could be put into that because it's a chip type thing. I was sticking more with, with nachos, but nachos slash Chip and dip, I think, works in there, too. Like, some mm-hmm. people do seven-layer dips that you dip your chips into. It's nachos, just delivered differently, you know? Yeah, yeah. Instead of the cheese and everything piled on, it's the chips, you know. You spoon some dip out, and then you, you know. So, chips and dips slash nachos would be my number four. Dude, the, like the nacho taco bar type setup, you know, where you get the meat, and you can either – get flour, flour tortillas or or corn tor- or like tortilla chips and you set it up or however you want is that's a good way to go bro on game day if you knew what was coming on my game day spread dude bro yeah i'm excited to talk about it on monday yeah you you bro. if you can't if, you can, if you're not too busy take a picture man huh i said if you're, if you're not too busy and you can remember take a picture because i'd like to see it yeah yeah i got you i will it's, okay, so uh, here we are at number three, Mike. What was number three on your list? Three on my list, and this is the one that knocked the barbecue out because it's something that this year I'm surprisingly not doing it because I have a gigantor amount of stuff that I have to do, and it's labor-intensive. Yeah. But it's probably my favorite bite of food. I'm sure we've had it on a top five. I'm positive we have. It is dates that are filled with goat cheese and wrapped in bacon. Yep. The perfect bite. It is the perfect bite of food. It's just a pain in the butt, so I only do it typically on big occasions. But this spread that I got coming up is just too much work to be filling. Pitting dates, filling them with goat cheese, half cooking bacon, wrapping them up, sliding a toothpick, finishing cooking them, you know. But as far as it goes, like the perfect bite of food, it's sweet and tangy and smoky. Ugh. God. And you know what would be great? Like a hot honey. Oh, hot honey. Lord, dude. Oh, my God. I need so, to try that. Uh, speaking of dates, have you seen um, the TikTok hack? I don't know if it's a TikTok hack, but this woman, she um, she's like a food. You know, she does. She makes food on, on YouTube or whatever. She uh, did this recipe where she took a date and she filled it with peanut butter. And then, like, I guess either a pecan or a walnut, then dipped it in chocolate and put them in the fridge for a couple hours. Apparently, it tastes exactly like a Snickers. No shit. Even with the date, like a little bit of fruitiness, that brings the sweetness. 
I would try that. It sounds so, so good, dude. So you pit the date, you fill it yeah. with peanut butter, wrap it in milk chocolate or dark chocolate. Do you know? Whatever you, your dealer's choice. Okay, I'd probably do dark chocolate, offset the sweetness. Yeah. But yeah, that would be, ooh, I would try that. Yeah, sounds good. So Mike, number three on my list, is, I know Texas weather doesn't always permit for this type of stuff, but man, I love chili. Somebody makes potted chili and they, you know, they also make cornbread. They have like the Fritos or tortilla chips. You know, of course, you've got the onions and the cheese and everything. But chili is one of my favorite game day foods, man. Must. Chili is. is and then with the hot dogs, like fresh off the grill, bro, like burnt. Yes. Chili is elite. Chili is elite game day food. Oh, and then, man, if you have like the nacho bars, but then also with the fresh made chili. Bro, so it's, so it's, good. Yes, and and there's so many ways you could do chili. Like you could chop up brisket in it. You could chop up pork in it. You can you can make it with ground beef. Turkey chili is mm -hmm. it's one of the you want to make ground like make yourself a healthier stuff. There's turkey chilies that you use corn, veggie broth, like certain stuff like that. And you can do a whole container that's like five Weight Watcher points, which is not a lot for a chili. Yeah. And it's a way to like make turkey, ground turkey flavorful, which is, mm -hmm. you know. That's you not an easy task. Burger. Yeah. It, yes, exactly. Turkey chili's elite. Like, yeah, chili's up there for sure. I haven't had a good chili dog in a long time, man. Now I'm kind of wondering if I, because we're going to have some people over on Saturday, on Sunday, if maybe I should go that route, but. Man, I don't know. That, that can be, uh, you know, it's hard to mess up chili, but, you know, the day you do mess it up would be the time when people are coming over and, like, they're all going to be hungry for the game. You know what I mean? I'll give you the full – I'll give you my foolproof chili recipe, dude. Promise. I've never made a bad one, but I just feel like that would be the time that I would mess it up on Super Bowl of all days, you know? It's uh, it's <laughs> it's a great – it's it's a way you should go. But, man, if you did mess it up, that would suck. Hey, shout out to JJ. He was listening, man. I think he's the, this is the first time he's he's commented live on the stream here. But every time I watch you guys live, I get hungry. <laughs> this isn't good for calorie counters. Well, shout out to JJ, man. Thank you for the uh, top five uh, topics tonight, man. We appreciate you. And I apologize if I got your Twitter handle wrong. I meant to write it down, but it's been a, it's been a long day, man. So forgive me if I got your Twitter handle wrong. But I will make sure uh, when I tweet out the uh, the link for the audio version, I'll make sure to. To show, just comment to show it. the proper hmm? comment it have them comment it and we'll put it right up there yeah yeah for sure jj if you're still if you're still with us man put your twitter handle here so i can uh you know make sure i got that right for for you and if he doesn't and we know he left us early we yeah don't. he wants to, he wants to go grab a snack i'm sure mike blocked no. <laughs> okay so number two on my list this is a common one i'm sure but you know, I, I eat these things about once a week, which is probably too much, but I love wings, dude. Wings and carrot sticks and celery. Well, uh, uh, which which number are you on? Number two, right? Yeah. Oh, did I skip your three? Did no, I skip no, your three? We got, no, no, I did, but I, my my number two is also wings. No. Yeah, we got two the same. Wow. Exact number. Holy cow. That's never, ever happened, dude. All right, so give me your wing. Like, you're doing game day. What's the wing you would do? Like, you had to pick one. Oh, I could only pick one? Man. It would definitely be bone-in, obviously. 
And if I could only do one, I think I would probably do like a, I might go a little bit bold here. I'd probably do like a dry rub. And I think I would go with Louisiana rub. Have you ever had Louisiana rub from Wingstop? Dude, that would be my choice. I like to brine mine. Try this, guys, for people that, that, you know, don't mind trying stuff unique because it's so frigging good. Brined the chicken wings overnight in pickle juice. Okay? okay. And I know you got to buy a lot of jars of pickles. Do something else with the pickles. Figure it out. Brine them in pickle juice, then take them out the day of and dredge them in. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, you want to do like a. Uh, uh, Seasoned flour? Pretzels, or no, pretzels and Ritz. I couldn't remember the Ritz crackers. Pretzels and Ritz, completely ground up. You got to ground them up a lot. But it's like salty and like real crunchy. So you get the brine of the pickle juice. You do a a, a pretzel Ritz cracker, blend it, yeah. and then wet them in that, and then uh, uh, fry it. What in the world? You don't so, even need sauce? No. So, I mean, wow. you can. You pair it with whatever sauce you want, but... It's so good. Uh, it's like a fried chicken wing, like you've breaded, fried it. Yeah. But the, the mix of like pretzels and Ritz with the pickle, the brine pickle juice in there. That's insane, dude. I come up with crazy shit, dude. I don't know what to tell you. My my brain works. Wait, that different. was just off the top. You you were like randomly. I'm gonna try this and see what happens. Somebody told me brine your your chicken wings in in. Pickle Pickle juice. juice. Yeah. So I did that and then I just cooked them in the oven and tried it to see what kind of flavor comes through. And I was like, oh, I get that. I see now. Now, what can I do to that to make it like to to put that up there? And the saltiness and the crunchiness of the pretzel and Ritz combination. Fire, dude. It's just sometimes they're hard to stick on. So that could be a pain in the butt. Like maybe, uh, maybe you want to get them on and freeze them before. I wish I can remember what I did. I did this two years ago and I still, to this day, I'm like, Jesus Christ, those wings were amazing. That's a, that's an interesting combination. Cause I know apparently Chick-fil-A, I don't know if you've ever had Chick-fil-A, Mike. Yeah. They're, are they like popular in California? Hugely popular here. Okay. They apparently they uh, soak their, their chicken breast and pickle juice. Really? That is yeah. not where I got it from, but maybe that's where the person who told me yeah. got it from. Uh, because I did not know that. I've been to Chick-fil-A a few times. Pretty good food. Yeah, you can you can do a lot of uh like interesting marinades and brines with chicken. Yeah, you can I, dude, you don't even want to get me. I've done some I do I try weird shit. I don't care. Hey, why not? You only live once, Mike. Okay, here we are. Number one. This is the big chili. one. I feel like you're gonna get chili. Chili. Chili <laughs> I love is it, man. Wow. And here's the thing: chili is my number one because it's so versatile. And that's why I was waiting. Nachos, pour chili on it. Cornbread, pour chili on it. You making a hamburger? Put that goddamn chili on it. Chili, hot dog, chili on it. The chili is so versatile. We do chili. Every like I had like I have like 17 things going on this damn spread, including wings and 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 pork and brisket and everything. And Mitchell's like, well, you're gonna make chili, right? 
And I was like, I'm doing, I'm like, I'm doing all this other stuff. He's like, come on, dude, it's Super Bowl. You got to do chili. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I'll do the damn chili. And my chili recipe is elite, elite chili. So like, it's, um, it's to be fair, it's a take on a Michael Simon recipe. So Michael Simon's recipe that I add a little bit of stuff to yeah. is elite. The guy's, Michael Simon's a genius, so. What what's the your favorite thing to put chili on? Dog, dog, yeah, chili dogs all day. And the thing is, is is I do some. I I like to do like honestly on that. I like to do a chili topping. So I'll I, I like to take a little bit of chili that I make and put it in the food processor to thin it out a little bit. Like make it where the the beans get chopped down, the meat gets chopped down, so it's more of like a a a brown sauce mm. thick sauce yeah. and it goes in there like a chili like a top oh god because there is a difference between like your traditional chili and then like chili that's better for a chili dog yes i agree i think one's called uh let's see there's there's there would be like texas chili where you don't have uh the the beans yeah. but what i do is i i gotta have the beans because i need the i want the protein yeah. So it's like for me, it's like, why would I leave the beans out? It's free protein. Like I'm gonna put the beans in. And so I I just all I do is blend it up to where it's not like clumpy on the dog. You put it on, it's kind of like I don't eat these because you know how I am fast food. But back in the day, I used to be a winter schnitzel hound, and it's like theirs where it just looks like a thick brown sauce. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and uh I like that's how I like to have it on a dog. Now on a burger, I'll put it on full. On the nachos, I'll put it on full. Right. The elite of the elite cornbread. If you make good cornbread, jalapeno cheddar cornbread, bro, man, bro, all day. Pour the chili on it. Let's go to town. I can't imagine having chili without beans, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I do whatever. I've had, I've tried Cincinnati where it's on pasta. It's delicious. It's like it's chili. Put it on whatever. I don't care what you want to put it on. Put it on pizza. Go ahead. I made a sloppy Joe pizza once. It was so good. Oh, wow. That sounds phenomenal. All right, Mike. Number one on my list. This is kind of cheating, but I did uh, chips and dips and, and finger food. But I mean, chips and dips, you know, you can have guacamole. You can have spinach artichoke dip. You can have, uh, I believe it's called millionaire dip or no, not, not millionaire dip, but you can have like uh, jalapeno popper dip. So many different things you can do. Seven and you layer. can have like, you know, seven layer dip. And then you can have like Doritos, you can have tortilla chips, you can have Fritos, you can do so many other different things. You can even have just have veggie sticks. But again, plus not only that, but then you like you can have so much of it, you like and not get full. It's easy to eat. You can uh, you know kind of leave it out. You don't have to worry about it like not being fresh anymore. It's just an it's an easy thing, but it's also versatile enough where you can like make a lot of it and have different tastes. Yep, chop up uh, pepperoni or your favorite salami or whatever. Put it in oil and low heat and let it cook up till it starts to crisp. Yeah. It kind of flavors the oil with that pepperoni or salami or whatever. Add, I would make a tomato sauce, but if you have a good jarred tomato sauce, put that in there. Let that meld together. Take it in the pan as long as it's oven safe. Top it with mozzarella cheese. Stick it in the oven. Let that uh, uh, bake until it gets all bubbly and everything. Um, uh, you could do Parmesan over the top if you want or a little bit of ricotta over the top if you want. 
but take those out. And then whether you have chips, breadsticks, cheese sticks, whatever you want, it's yeah, a, uh, it's dip. like a pizza dip. Never had pizza dip. It sounds delicious. Oh, so. so good, man. I'm looking forward to some chips and dips. I, I haven't really decided on the menu yet, but I can't have a, I can't watch a game without chips and dip. Honestly, I know, I know the proteins I have. I just am not fully sure what I want to do with each one because I want them to be pretty cohesive. Yeah. Um. But the 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 brisket, uh, is it brisket or tri-tip? Whatever one I have in there, I need to look again. I'm going to make that, and some of that is definitely going in the chili. I know I have pork that I will likely do a pulled pork for. I have wings, and uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with those wings yet, uh, but I have that I'm going to use. There's, It's going to be fun. Also, another dip, man, it's really good. I, I, I assume you've had a cheese ball, right? With like the dried oh. dried meat on the outside, they have, you can get that. But just as a dip, it's so much easier to eat and so much easier to make. But that's like an elite dip too. Yes, I agree. Dips are good. That's a good first one. Mine, I kind of threw that into my nacho thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. Here we are with our uh, prospect review. Last last week, I said, "Hey, Mike, uh, you're studying prospects." So we, uh, I gave you an assignment, if you will. And your first player was Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Alabama. Talk to us, Mike. Talk to us about his uh, his strengths first. We'll start off with strengths. I have uh, I have it in my phone because it's easier than writing down. That's fine. Um, okay. Uh, he's talented enough to play every style, which I like. Okay. Um, he has the size and ability to press if he if he you know needed to with some refinement. Uh, his uh, mirroring and um and the way he can play it's very unique that he he can mirror people in the slot even at six two which is really unique now mm -hmm. maybe he'd be better as a boundary corner but we saw bland who we all thought was a boundary corner play the yeah. slot even better he's like that he's he's very good at even when you even when the receivers have two-way goes he can mirror them and stay with them uh he has the speed to recover so and 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 the speed to mirror, which is hard because if you're doing drags and stuff, you need to be able to have that little jolt of speed at the end and knock the ball down. He has the size and speed to do that. He tracks the ball well. He gets his head around well, which is very good uh, to keep yourself from getting penalties on on those type of plays where you don't turn your head around. Mm -hmm. Um, in his senior year when he moved to Alabama. He uh, allowed an incredibly low rating of 41.8 when he was targeted. That's like elite level. That means like don't even throw at him. So that was really good. Um, and he's great in off coverage because of his anticipation. So he uh, he knows he when he's in off coverage, he's at his best because he kind of can, can read and react. And with his speed and length, he's very good at it. So – those are his strengths. All right. What about his weaknesses? All right. His weaknesses, first off, is is he weirdly gives up a lot of big plays for for like how talented he is. And for when you watch the tape, you're like, my gosh, this guy could be really good if he was consistent. He's really inconsistent. Like he's not great in press, even though he has a lot of good reps in press. He's not a good press corner because he'll he'll miss sometimes or he'll get beat outside sometimes and he has recovery speed but he still gets beat a lot and it was weird to like 
why why are you getting beat so many times is it like mental is there is are you not being taught something right is there something wrong uh he didn't get to do a lot of zone so he's inconsistent at that as well uh he has injury concerns uh mm. only played 14 games in LSU had a shoulder issue when he went to Alabama he had an injury in the uh off season uh or um like training camp would be for yeah. for NFL and so he didn't start the first game because he wasn't able to practice. And then Alabama got torched for like 40 yards passing. And mm. they were like, yeah, put him in. <laughs> get, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get this rookie out of here. Put put Ricks in. And he he uh, locked people down after that. So, that you know, that's the thing. The injuries obviously are a worry, but you're not going to kill on that. The uh, the the inconsistency, when you, when you watch a lot of his tape, you go, well, I can do a lot of good things. But then you you see he like I wouldn't be comfortable right now playing him in press because I seen him get beat too much. Even yeah. though I can't tell you, I'm like I'm not good enough a coach to tell you why that's happening. And maybe Dan Quinn and Al Harrison them are, and they could pick him. They could they could fix that. But right now, me watching as a scout, I'm going in going, okay, can you guys fix this because that this shouldn't it shouldn't be happening to somebody that's talented. Why is he getting beat so much? Why is he having so many penalties? Because he gets his head around. You know, he's good at that. Why, what is, why is the way he's playing, especially not off ball, when he's right. on ball man or in zone, why does he have so many issues with penalties, you know? so Or or things that would be called penalties regularly in the NFL, I should say. And so, um, yeah, those are his weaknesses. I would say he needs to probably get, have his talent coached up. Would he be a day one contributor? Oh uh, yeah. If Deron, if they can get Deron Bland to be right, uh, right, my guy from Fresno State, but I had him as a special teams guy year one. I was like, he'll make the team. I'm not worried about being him a fifth round pick. He's going to be a special team stud. Shooting ended up being a starter and a really damn good starter. If they did. can do that with Bland, this kid could definitely uh, be a day one contributor. Is he a Cowboys? Is he a Cowboys type guy? Six foot two, one ninety speed, length. Absolutely, we we know that. Any if you're watching this show, you you already know the Cowboys <laughs> uh, what they like. He fits right into that. Is he a realistic target? Yes, absolutely. I'd be interested to see if twenty six was too early for him, or if twenty six ends up being too late for him. Mm, that's that's the wow. crazy thing. You got to see the combine. Yeah. You know how that goes. Zion Johnson was a day two guy, you know, hit the combine, blew it up and became the, you know, Hey, is this the best guard in the, in the draft? Mm-hmm. You know? So the combine has that effect right now. I know the next question is going to be about his draft right now. I'd have him as a day two. Okay. Uh, but I believe that he could get in the combine with his size and ability and could make himself a mid first round pick rather easily. If there wasn't Witherspoon, Joey Porter, uh, uh, is it Cam Smith? Uh, I believe is another one. Clark Phillips. Uh, Cam Smith might have been a wide receiver. No, Cam Smith. Yeah, South Carolina. Yeah. You know, if there wasn't so many corners, I would, I would put him in the first, but I would say he's a day two guy. You know, I don't think he would get out of the second round. Now I don't remember if, uh, day two. I know that's your 
uh, round prediction, but was that was that was that also your part of your grade as well? Did we do that last year? Or did uh, we grade, have I, a grading scale of like one through a hundred? I can't remember. I don't have that, especially not now because I need to see Fair. him at the combine first. I got you know, you. yeah. So that's the problem with doing these articles coming out. I'm doing one on uh, Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois, my personal favorite corner in the draft, and um, you know, it's just hard to complete that without seeing how he works in the drills and, and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. I like it, Mike. I like that. I mean, man, if we could add a guy like to like that, to bland and digs, my God, dude, bro, get, get just find a way to let, I mean, he's no way he's going to, I mean, I guess CD lamb did, but man, if, if Devin Witherspoon could be like slight enough where people are like, ah, I don't know. He's, he's only 180. Maybe we won't, you know, I just feel like, if you watch the tape, you know he plays bigger than that. So it's yeah. I would really love it if that guy would find a way to 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 fall to us at 26. Like love. That'd make me so happy. Is, he, is Devin Witherspoon your top corner in this draft? Probably mine. I think most people would have him third. He's probably mine. And it's because I believe I can play him at any spot in the in the front, and I don't think you can – like, he's such a good run player. His, his one – I know we'll probably get to him at one point, but his one thing is it's weird because he's a great block shedder. He's great against the run. Like, he's, he makes stops, not like three or four yards up the field. Like, he stops you at the line. Like, he makes plays like that, but then he can't press. And it's weird to me. Like, why can you go up and – get on a guy and get away from him and make a tackle and have no problem there. But it just shows what a, a technique he's just missing technique in the press game. But I love, I love him for the way he can tackle. I love him for the way he competes. I love him for the way he, he, he could run the routes. Like he's just so smart. He's one of the, he's one of the most like, it's like he, he has a two seconds into the future. Mm-hmm. And he could see it before the quarterback and the receiver do. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. And I just love that about him. It, it's man, he's he's excellent. I really like Witherspoon. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about him, but man, I, I like everything you're saying. Okay, so next week's assignment, Mike, we're gonna go running back here, and I'm I, I like what I've read about this guy. Um, I've heard a lot about him, you know, uh, last year, just while he was in college, somebody to look out for. But Zach Evans running back out of Ole Miss. Oh, I think I have him marked down already. Let me see. Uh, Zach with uh, with a K, too. Uh, I had it with an H, but I'm, I could have easily misspelled it. So No, it's okay. I don't have him on here. And he's Ole Miss. I haven't gotten to him yet, so I will okay. have to go over. I don't really like doing running backs because I don't, you know, I don't value them very well, you know. No, but so, this, was, this was like a, you know, a pick 90. So, you know, round three guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, day two, day two guys, right where I want my running back. So exactly. I would have definitely got to him. The only one I've done so far, I've done Sean Tucker from Syracuse and uh, Devin uh, a Chain from Texas AM. Yeah. I've done both of them. And then, of course, uh, uh, the Texas kid. Um, is obvious, but you know, I don't want Dallas anywhere near him in the first, you know, he's first round. I don't want that. Did you like what you saw to Sean Tucker? Yeah. Yeah. He's not bad. I don't know if he, 
I don't know if he's the guy I I'd go for, but for Dallas that I want Dallas to get, but I like a chain. If I'm saying his name right, if I'm not, I apologize, but it's spelled like that. It might be like Achane, you know? Yeah. I'll have to look that up and find out <laughs> pronunciation wise. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be up here butchering the guy and everybody's like this guy, but I like him a lot. That guy is a speed. He's a speedster, but he's not just a guy that plays the speed. He's like Olympic speed. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His 200 meter was like a 2020. Like, ridiculous like so not only is the olympic speed but long speed not like oh he's got a good initial burst he's got a burst he's got an initial first step he's got the the second gear and he's got it to where if he took it from the one yard line at the 50 he's passing up your fastest guy still it's just uh you know you gotta see how how much more is he physical enough to play at our level yeah, I mean, dude, he don't, might not want him at like as your primary, but as your secondary, you talk about a playmaker. Oof. Bro, if he if he gets on a, a if he got like on an Andy Reid or a Shannon or something, gross. Would, would not be fair at all. Not. No. Another fun one, you know, maybe not for the Cowboys, but just to to watch the film and see what he could do in the league is Deuce Vaughn. Regardless of how his size, man, I think he's going to be a fun player too. That's running back. Yeah, out of uh, I believe it's Kansas State. I believe I don't have. I'll look him up. I haven't gotten to him yet. I'm, I'm I should be on more running backs because Dallas is obviously going to get a running back in this draft. Yeah, but I'm just not I, as in you know running backs just don't do it for him. Like yeah, pick a pick a guy in day three and you know we'll throw him out there. If the offensive line's good, he'll be good. The dude's like five six, man. Oh, he's a little guy. He's a tiny little guy. Yeah. You know, Mike, I was looking at it. When we got to views from the sidelines, we were like 35 minutes. I'm like, well, we're going to get under an hour, and here we are at hour 17. Yep. That's how it works, bro. I talk too much. <laughs> yes, sir. Mike, as always, I enjoy the discussion. Before we get you out of here, remind the people they can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Letter C, letter D, Piglet, nice and easy. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. He's good.